Welcome to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and this is episode four of our Scout Team Podcast, where we will break down prospects, all-star games, and things of that nature. And today we're going to be talking about two unique bowl games that will take place this week and that are, that are going on right now, and that's the HBCU Spirit of America Bowl and the Dream Bowl. But first, follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Be sure to follow our football game plan scouting uh, Twitter handle at FBGP Scouting. That's where we will put all of our scouting notes, our scouting reports, and videos all on that uh, Twitter handle. So follow that FBGP Scouting. You can also follow and subscribe our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash football game plan where you get all of our video content that we put out on the daily. You heard me. Um, Facebook, Instagram, we're football game plan as well. And if you want to catch any one of our podcasts, uh, you can find it on iTunes uh, under the football game plan podcast network or archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And like we said today, we're going to be talking about the HBCU Spirit of America Bowl and the Dream Bowl. Now, both bowls are being run by some great people uh, like Neil Malvone, who's running both games. He's the coordinating founder of the Dream Bowl and also the newly inaugural HBCU Spirit of America Bowl. Uh, and both games will take place in Virginia Beach this weekend. The Dream Bowl will be on Sunday and the HBCU Spirit of America Bowl will be on Saturday night both games will be broadcast on national TV on Comcast Sports Network. So be sure to check your local listing and time for the station within your area. But I'm excited to talk about this game because it's bringing together two unique avenues of college football and scouting that a lot of people just don't talk about. Uh, let's start with the HBCU Spirit of America Bowl. And here's the thing. When you're talking about HBCU athletics and sports, you're talking about the four major football playing conferences. Uh, you're talking about the MEAC, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. You're talking about the SWAC, Southwestern Athletic Conference. And you're talking about the two Division II conferences, the CIAA uh, and also the SIAC, S-I-A-C. And both have tremendous history, tremendous presence in the college football and NFL landscape. And you're going to see a ton of talent here this week in Virginia Beach. Uh showcasing that talent and that's why they wanted to put the game put this game together because they felt this though and a lot of people really do that this is the most under uh promoted avenue of college athletics and we don't have to talk we don't talk about it as much because it, the, the landscape in college football has changed uh so you don't really see the 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 talk about hbcu sports also follow um these two guys on on twitter at dr kenyatta cavill uh, his HBCU Sports Lab show is outstanding. That's on Twitter and also on uh, SoundCloud. So follow him and HBCU Game Day. They do a really good job, a great job of video content, uh, audio content, breaking down the HBCU. They are deep in the game. So follow both of those accounts on Twitter as well. But so looking at this game, last year you had a guy from the Dream Bowl that ended up getting picked up by the Indianapolis Colts and Chester Rogers. He went to Grambling. And so I say that to say this. Now they've created two separate all-star games where these guys can showcase their skills. So looking at the HBCU Spirit of America Bowl, if you want to see the full rosters, go to HBCUSOABowl.com. Um, and offensively, 
I, I like what they brought to the table from a quarterback perspective. There's three guys of intrigue here, in my opinion. Um, if you watch the national championship game, you're familiar with Avarian Hurts. Uh, well, his brother, Jalen Hurts, is the quarterback for Alabama. Avarian Hurts did a pretty good job this year in his own right at Texas Southern. Once Mike Haywood got down there and implemented a pro-style offense, you saw him really execute that flawlessly and and put those guys in a, in a position to win a lot of games. So it's unfortunate that he only had one year with Mike, Mike Haywood, but, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. But he made the most of that one season. And Ronald Butler, uh, the third of Tennessee State. Intriguing story here because you see a guy that started as a freshman, played well, was inconsistent as a sophomore and junior, also played sparingly as a result of it, came into this year as a backup to O'Shea Ackerman Carter, who was a sensational uh, freshman, and coming into his sophomore year, he was going to be the guy and start and hopefully get Tennessee State to the playoffs. And in the third or fourth game, I want to say against uh, Tennessee Tech, or UT Martin, I'm sorry, he gets injured. Ronald Butler III has to step in and take over the reins once again as a senior and did a great job, won that game at UT Martin and nearly helped Tennessee State knock off Vanderbilt. Uh, he was the only one that came ready to play that day, and and you have to like a guy that, that you know saw some success, saw some struggles, and was looked upon to regain that success. He led them to a 4-4 four and four record. Uh, they had a winning record overall. I think they were eight and four or seven and four, something like that, on the season. But he did his job and did a, a great job of it. And you also saw growth within his game uh, from a patient standpoint and seeing the field. And I like that about him. I think that's why he's intriguing here because his arrow is pointing in the right direction. He's six three, two hundred and ten pounds. Definitely has the quote unquote requisite size that scouts are looking for. Malcolm Bell, we saw on display. Uh, at the Celebration Bowl this year versus Grambling State um, on ABC. But Bell was a guy that that was playing okay. And with the thing, uh, talk about okay in his career. And you saw him get better each and every year. And he's just like, man, this guy is slowly getting better, slowly starting to slow down for him. And this year, it all came together for him because he was able to not only progress in the passing game like you wanted to see him do, but also was able to get his team over the hump, the North Carolina A&T hump. Now, they beat A&T last year, but they didn't have enough to where they could get into the Celebration Bowl. They accomplished both this year and played a great game. He actually played a phenomenal game from the quarterback position. You saw his mobility on display, keeping plays alive with that mobility, picking up first downs, uh, looking a step faster than the linebackers and defensive backs for Grambling making key throws in clutch situations. He made what looked to be the game-tying touchdown pass uh, off a rollout, kept the play alive, kept his eyes downfield, threw it deep down the field, and the receiver caught it. But as you guys remember, the penalty would push back the extra point, ended up getting blocked, grambling wins 10-9. to But Bell played great ball in that contest. And again, it just caught my attention as a guy that played well, uh, on the biggest stage, got better every year. And that's what you want to see. So I think that his best football, just like Ronald Butler and Avarian Hurts, I think their best football is ahead of them. You just hope they get that opportunity, whether that's here in the CFL overseas to hone their skills a little bit more. But these guys can definitely play the position and all doing so from the neck up. Uh, looking at the running back spot, I was on the broadcast for Lincoln versus Cheney. Cheney's big upset victory over Lincoln. Um, to snap their, I want to say, what, four-year four losing streak 
college football losing streak, not just a Lincoln, but college football. Uh, they won that game. But Steven Scott, the running back of Lincoln, and this was a guy that their coach, um, Herb Pickens, told me to keep an eye on when I went to visit with him in the summer. We did a football game plan university segment, which you can check out on footballgameplan.com slash FBGPU. It's all a plug right here. Uh, he said, keep an eye on Steven Scott, man. And lo and behold, they fed him the rock in that ball game. And he put that team on his back. They came up a bit short. Uh, we went into overtime uh, on that broadcast. And it was just impressive to see Chaney get the win. But Scott really raised some eyebrows in the booth. The two guys I was working with was kind of like, man, this running back is really good. And, yes, he put on a show. And he's going to do well in this game. He's a short, stocky guy, 5'9", 215, but has a ton of talent. And also can catch the football out of the backfield. Justin Kelly of Grambling at 5'10", about 230. He worked in a tandem with Marquez uh, Carter, who we're going to talk about next year as another explosive dynamite playmaker coming from uh, the HBCU ranks. And Justin Kelly was the hammer, and Carter was the explosive one. And so, But Kelly, you saw a lot of bursts from a guy that's built low to the ground like a bowling ball, almost um, what's the kid that played for the Atlanta Falcons. Michael Turner-like, you know, not as explosively fast, but got that burst in it. If he gets rolling downhill, he was Grambling's version of um, Samaj P. Ryan. And you guys are going to be impressed when you see him compete out there as well. You want to see him, what he can do uh, from a consistency standpoint as far as not working within a tandem. So that I know that can't be answered in an all-star game, but he has a ton of talent, I think, next-level talent, as well as Lamont Brown. I was on that broadcast, Morgan State versus Howard, and Brown played well in that game. A shorter guy, Jitterbug, he made a couple of guys look foolish in a hole. So he's going to be that that particular comp guy that you want to see at the next level, but definitely has the quicks to make it work. At receiver, Willie Quinn and Verlin Hunter. Southern Grambling, respectively. But starting with Quinn, I thought Quinn graduated last year. And lo and behold, he was able to get another year of eligibility at Southern and he really used that to, to his perfection. He worked on his game as a receiver. He already had the talent as a returner. One of the most dangerous return men in the country, regardless of the vision, is Willie Quinn. Now, at 5'5", 175, people will say, oh, he's too short. He's small. He can't make it. Well, we just saw a guy, similar height, get drafted and work well as a rookie in the NFL, Jakeem Grant of Texas Tech. Now, he wasn't the receiver Grant was coming out, but he worked himself into a better receiver, which means he still has growth to his game. And when you look at Verlin Hunter, his teammate Chad Williams is playing in the NFLPA game. Hunter has probably arguably the best hands in college football. If you watched him play in that Bayou Classic, if you watched him play uh, throughout the season and also in that Celebration Bowl, you saw him make a spectacular catch each and every time. And he's a guy that may not be as fast as Williams, but he can play all over the field. He can play outside as an X, a Z, inside as a Y. And with his ability to make the contested catch, you like his projection moving forward. That's what I like about his game and what he's able to do. Um, at 6'2", 200, every time they threw up threw up a pass his way, he did what he had to do, go up at his highest point and attack the football all hands and did not drop it. So you look at a guy that has strong hands that can play multiple positions, that's the type of versatility you want to see if you're a pro scout. So I like his projection moving forward, and I think when you look at what he brings to the table, he gives your offense, and obviously you're going to see if he can play special teams, but you give, you give an offensive coordinator a guy that's big, physical, and does a little bit after the catch, you have yourself a pro prospect. Um, 
that tight end, uh, there's two tight ends that I that I thought were, were pretty good. Jonathan Dorsey, and again, not saying that the other guys are not good, just guys that I'm familiar with that stood out. Jonathan Dorsey of Alabama A&M had a lot of buzz coming into the season, and rightfully so. He's He played a lot of in-line at Alabama A&M for the Bulldogs, but also was able to flex out a little bit and make some things happen one-on-one. You saw in the, the Magic City Classic against Alabama State, had a big catch down the middle of the field. And these are the type of things he's done all his, all his career uh, for the Bulldogs. And I think with the, the new age tight ends that we see here in the NFL, um, maybe a Julius Thomas is one you can compare his game to, but excited to see him compete out there this week. And Jordan Garrison of Bowie State, Division two program, very sound program, good offense. Um, you see a lot of different things with, with Bowie State, uh, Bowie State, and what they do offensively. Uh, Garrison is what you would call your move tight end, and that's something that you want to see a guy being able to flex out, run routes as a receiver. Um, so he would be the quintessential H back as a pro. Along the offensive line, Terrence Johnson of Lincoln was another guy coach. Uh, Pickens told me to keep an eye on uh, Edric Thigpen of Alcorn State. And if you hadn't watched Alcorn State play, their offensive line just leans on you. They're a big group up front. They run the football. And Thigpen was a big reason why they were able to do so successfully. Michael Young is another talented offensive lineman, a front seven player coming from that Hampton program. Um, you know, last year they had Coombs, the uh, Miles Grooms, I'm sorry, the defensive end. You know, he was getting a lot of work. Uh, working with Young on the offensive side. Young could play either guard or tackle. And speaking of that versatility, Marcus Cook of Jackson State um, can play guard or center. Cook was a football game plan preseason All-American, did a great job for the Jackson State Tigers, one of the key cogs along their offensive line. And, again, versatility will help you make a living in the NFL for a very long time. Moving on to the defensive side of football, Angelo Keys and Marquise Raglan, two booking defensive linemen from North Carolina A&T who had the best defensive line, in my opinion, uh, not just in the MEAC, but arguably in the FCS. You can compare the production they had up front to what guys at Youngstown State had in Avery Moss and Derek Rivers. So Keys and Raglan. Raglan, I'm sorry, Keys, you want to see if he can play off, off uh, the ground a little bit like as far as playing an outside backer role, um, that's something that people are going to be watching for this week, how flexible and versatile he is. He's still learning the game. Uh, just started picking up football, I want to say, as a senior or freshman in college. So, you know, he got a lot of growth, a lot of upside that they like to talk. He was a soccer player, so that speaks of his athleticism. Paul and Miano of Virginia Union was a preseason football game plan division two all-american and the virginia union had a really good year this season uh playoff squad productive good coaching down there and miano was one of those defensive cornerstones that they built around and he's going to have his name talked about a lot down there in virginia beach at linebacker you see two winston-salem state rams and this is a program that's known for pumping out good linebacker prospects one of my favorite linebackers in the last five years was carlos fields from winston-salem state you see you see jarell priester and philip williamson cut from the same cloth of, of guys that look to, to hit, and that's what you want to see. Um, Trayvon Spencer of Kentucky State and uh, George Feggins II of Virginia State are two other linebackers uh, that are cut from the same cloth. I like linebackers that are not afraid of contact, that can take on blockers well, that are very disruptive and have a disruptive mindset, and that's what you want to see. In the secondary, two Grambling guys to talk about, Jamil Jackson and Guy Stallworth, both safeties, and both are coming off very good celebration bowls. Um, Jamil Jackson had an interception in that game. Guy Stallworth 
listed as a strong safety, can play inside as a backer, but also out in coverage and covering tight ends and some wide receivers and backs. So you have the versatility in the passing game with Stalwart. Jamil Jackson is your free safety, but also can line up as a second safety and cover as well. So you get two guys that can cover, guys that are not afraid to tackle, guys that have ball skills, guys that have great football instincts, and it's just a testament to the coaching they got down there at Grambling State. So they're going to have a lot of opportunity to, to raise their stock uh, this week in the HBCU Spirit of America Bowl. Again, you can see the rest of these rosters at www.hbcusoabowl.com. We'll be right back to talk about the Dream Bowl. And welcome back to the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. But you guys already know this. I'm the only one hosting the show. So I just want to say my name again because it's a great name. It means leader in German. Did you know that? Uh, but anyway, back to talking about the Dream Bowl. We talked about the HBCU Spirit of America Bowl. The Dream Bowl will be played Sunday at, I want to say, in the evening time on Comcast Sports Network. So here's the thing. The Dream Bowl has been around. This is Dream Bowl 5, actually, and they've done a great job with these bowl games. We talked about how Chad Williams of the Indianapolis Colts played this game last year, and we're going to see probably some draftable guys in this uh, game as well, starting with the offensive side of the ball. Um, quarterback Eli Jenkins of Jacksonville State, and he has had a very good career. You talk about a guy that has been a good leader for his football team, led them to a national championship game appearance last year versus North Dakota State, put together probably one of the best seasons we've seen at the FCS level in quite some time, and he's a, a dual-threat guy, which means he could see a position switch because he has the athleticism. You want to see how well he could progress with the passing. Um, it's okay but he still has the skill to maybe uh, play another position, just like we talked about Aaron Bailey. And normally I am team stay at quarterback, but if he wants to stay at quarterback, I do think with the way he utilizes his athletic ability, maybe the CFL will be best. But Jenkins, uh, from a running standpoint, has speed to play, let's say, wide receiver um, or enough power to play wide receiver. And I think that's going to be the question whether or not he wants to continue to improve as a QB. I think he should. I always think guys should stay at one position, fail first, and and figure out where their options are. Um, but you do like the progress he made enough in the passing game to get his team to a title game appearance in which they end up losing to North Dakota State. But I do like that he's in this ball game and getting some reps at QB. In the backfield, you have uh, Delaney Wallace of Pace. He's about 5'8-ish, 5'9", 220, a weight room guy with a ton of explosiveness. When you pop in his tape, you see the explosiveness right away. Sometimes they utilize him as a Wildcat QB in which he ripped off long runs, and you just see him not get knocked over but knocked to the side. And I just like the way he runs the football. Obviously, he won't be doing the Wildcat stuff in the NFL, but he has enough talent to where you can see him getting some – some significant carries and touches coming from a Division II program. Also coming from a Division II program, and this is one of my favorite running back prospects in this year's draft class, Robert Healy of East Stroudsburg. Last year you had John Schnarr as the wide receiver. You had Matt Saltez at quarterback, 
and Robert Healy. They were the triplets of Division II. Healy picked up right where he left off last year and became one of the most prolific yardage gainers in Division II. He can do damage as a receiver, definitely as a runner. He's a nightmare in space one-on-one versus safeties and linebackers. And with his ability to take it to the house as a runner, receiver, returner, you have to like backs like that, and that's what you want on your team. That's the type of guy that you, you'll see people have problems with on Sundays. So I know he was injured late in the season, and he's healthy enough to compete in this game this week, which is something that I truly like, and that this guy's going to get out there. He's going to perform. He's going to. He's a tremendous athlete, a heck of a running back with the ability to, to add value as a receiver. If you haven't seen him play, please go check him out. He's outstanding. At wideout, we have a couple of guys that are really good. Football game plan, preseason All-American, Jesse Zulk of Central Washington. Um, you also look at another his quarterback, Justin Lane, will be playing in this game as well. Uh, Darrell Wilson of Presbyterian College. I'm interested to see him play because um, Presbyterian runs the heck out of the football. They have a really good running back in Darrell Bridges, who's going to be somebody we talk about next year. Um, so they ran a lot, and Wilson didn't get a lot of – let's say exposure or experience. And that's what you want to see in this game, because that's why this game is valuable. Um, you have guys that have to come out here and showcase their skill set, just like a Jamison Parsons, a wide receiver from St. Cloud state, another football game plan preseason, all American. So, you know, these guys have talent that they, they're going to get out there and compete. Scouts will get a look at them, get some notes on them and go back and check the film. Jesse Zalk is a versatile guy that as a receiver also can be motioned in the backfield and utilized there. He brings value as a returnman as well. So, again, all of these guys and the purpose of these all-star games is to get scouts and evaluators to go back to the tape if they hadn't seen him. Tight end position, John Dutley of Greenville College. They utilized him as a big receiver. He was 6'3", about 245, so he's going to be an H-back at the next level. He was constantly winning those one-on-one battles. Doesn't have the speed to stay outside, but as a short to intermediate receiver with the ability to catch and body linebackers and, and, and tussle with them, so to speak, he has talent to play at the next level. Again, he played out wide at Greenville College, but you project him to be inside as an H-back or a wide tight end type guy at the next level. You also look at another tight end in Walter Hibbler of West Georgia. Tremendous speed and athleticism. He reminds me a lot of the Pittsburgh Steelers tight end um, from Louisiana Lafayette. Ladarius, oh my goodness, I'm so terrible with these names, man. But um, Ladarius Green, I'm sorry, but he is, he is cut from the same cloth. High cut athlete, long athletic with acceleration that can get down the seam. So I like what he brings to the table and those are the guys that I see offensively from a skill position standpoint. Um, you look along the offensive line, Caleb Smith of Gardner-Webb. You talk about teams that run the football. You have Caleb Smith of Gardner-Webb and Connor Bozick of Delaware. Those are the guys you want to see and how well they do in pass protection. They didn't weren't asked a lot of uh, in that department at their respective schools. Both schools are predominantly rush, rushing attacks and very good ones at that. So we know they can – run block we know they can probably play either guard spot you know maybe sometimes play tackle I know Connor Bozik was a tackle that could probably kick down inside as a guard but you want to see how these guys do from a pass protection standpoint that's why those one-on-one -on -one drills versus defensive linemen will be key and huge for them defensively along the defensive line this is a guy that was a football game plan division two all-american that i really liked he just popped off on film from southwest baptist that had a really good year in division two this year made the playoffs and that's vincent epinesa 
Vice Epinesa is what he likes likes to be called. But he's a guy that, that has a quick first step off the ball. He's disruptive, which you want to see him get better at. At times, he tends to play high, um, and and which causes him to not be able to change direction pretty quickly. You want to see him utilize his hands better and find the football. But as far as a disruption standpoint, you can't teach that, and I think you can teach technique. Uh, if someone gets with him and, and hones his skills in, he's going to be a tremendous player. But he has the raw athleticism that you look for, the Monty Taylor of UT Martin. Um, I watched a lot of UT Martin this year. I think the Skyhawks going to be one of those sleeper teams in the FCS next season. Teams couldn't run inside. Their front seven was outstanding. They have a really good quarterback in Troy Cook. Keep an eye on him for next year. But the reason why they couldn't run inside is due to the fact that Damani Taylor was right there, disruptive, owning double-team blocks, finding himself in the backfield, making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Very tough to move off the spot, and that's why he's one of those players that's in this all-star game that people will talk about coming out of it. Like, hey, keep an eye on Damani Taylor. We we know um, uh, Monterey Hughes was a guy that was drafted coming out of UT Martin, a little bit bigger than, than Taylor, but definitely has the same skill set from a run-stopping standpoint. Behind these guys, some good linebackers that we got here, man. You look at uh, Aaron Cook of Gardner-Webb. It was two guys at Gardner-Webb that were real good this year. Chad Jeter and Aaron Cook. Last year, they had a really good guy that played in this bowl game as well. So they they produce some really good linebackers uh, at Gardner-Webb. Cook is one that does a great job in coverage. Uh, Jeter is one that does a great job versus the run. You want to see how well Cook can do from an aggressive standpoint within the front seven, taking on blocks and things of that nature. But he's definitely capable of getting the job done. And Asia Bowling of Central Connecticut State, very productive linebacker on a team that was surprisingly better uh, defensively this season than I thought so coming in. They had an upset early on. Uh, got upset early on. They lost a lot yet, but they had an upset later on in the year. They played some good football. They got better. Bowling was a big part of that defensively and why they were able to improve statistically across the board. Um, in the secondary, I like these two guys a lot. Malik Hall, football game plan, preseason All-American, and Jeffrey Hall um, of Nickel State. For Malik Hall, uh, ball skills, instincts and ball skills. He's better off in zone as opposed to man but does a great job in jumping routes and picking off the ball. Jeffrey Hall played well each and every week. He's a Colorado transfer. You like him in man coverage. He's physical enough to match up versus your top wide receiver, utilizes his hands very well, and is able to find and pick off the ball as a result. Another defensive back that everyone will be talking about after this week is Dante Blackman of Kennesaw State. I'm surprised, and it is no knock on this game, but I am surprised that he is playing here and not in the East-West Shrine or even Senior Bowl. He had a tremendous year for Kennesaw State. Upstart program that's playing well in their fourth year of existence, third year of existence. Um, this was a good football team on offense. Defensively, Blackman led the way. Blackman was one that was always around the football. He can play corner or safety depending on the defense. So he gives you that flexibility of where you want to align him up in the uh, in the secondary. He's able to play well. I also am a big fan of Billy Eakins of Ohio Dominican, strong Division II program. And he's a big physical guy. He played corner. He played on the outside for Ohio Dominican. But I think he's better suited as a safety. He's He reminds me a lot of Harold Jones Corte that played at Finley. Uh, Division II program that's now playing with the Chicago Bears. Eakins is of the same caliber of a guy that's a physical guy, is great going downhill, and is going to have a lot of success moving forward. So, and one special teams guy of note, Lance GC of St. Francis, football game plan preseason All-American, once again, 
Um, but part of a very good special teams unit out there in St. Francis, Lorenzo Jerome will be playing in the East-West Shrine game, or sorry, the NFLPA game. But GC is money on long kicks. He was a big reason why they won games. They really won games with defense and special teams. Their offense was inconsistent a little bit this year. But GC is one that can really boot the football. Very accurate kicker. And as long as he can continue to do what he has done his whole career, he's going to have a shot for a long career at the NFL level. So, again, to find these rosters for the Dream Bowl, go to www.dreambowl.net. Great bowl game experience. They kick off today with the Combines down there in Virginia Beach. You're going to see updates from Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting. Follow him as well on Twitter as he does a great job. Uh, Tyrant Scouting is down there as well doing a great job. So they're going to be posting previews and things of that nature um, throughout the week. They start today. Guys, check in today. You're going to see the Combine 40 times, vertical jumps, uh, things of that nature. A lot of CFL, NFL scouts will be there. Um, and during the week, you're going to get updates from the HBCU game day crew from Dr. Kenyatta Cavill's Cavill Sports Lab, HBCU Sports Lab. It's going to provide some updates via Twitter as well. So um, HBCU Sports Zone is going to be there also. So you're going to get a lot of updates this week from the bowl game. Um, and to find both rosters, www.hbcusoabowl.com. Follow them on Twitter at Bowl. And follow the Dream Bowl on Twitter at the Dream Bowl. Roster is on DreamBowl.net. So that's it for this episode, man. It's, it's going to be great. A lot of great action. Love the HBCU component combined with the Dream Bowl. Martin Luther King weekend should be a great time. Great folks down there with the right intentions of putting together two outstanding bowl games in the same week. So that's it for this episode of Scout Team with Emory Hunt, the czar of the playbook. You find this show archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast.